response to your demand last wow. week that I look up CUD, I have a report from Wikipedia. Oh, Apparently, God. CUD is a portion of food that returns from a ruminant's stomach in the mouth to be chewed for a second time. That's Camels what do cows it. do. That's yeah. what cows do. Camels survive in the desert. Retain all that moisture in their hump. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, and they've evolved much, much further than we have. Are cows and camels related? Well, what's uh, a yes, ruminant? actually, everything is related. Let's see what a ruminant? Oh, I know that. <laughs> it's the circle of life. It's ruminants left over, Eric. It means it's left over. Like you know how when Game of Bones has two episodes, and then there's a Friday episode, and it's left over from the rest. You know, it's nice the last tie. One. No, to answer yeah. your question, yes, cattle. Cattle and goats and sheep and giraffes and bison and moose and elk and yaks and water buffalo, deer, camels, alpacas, llamas, antelope, longhorn, and eagle are all ruminating mammals. I think we just solved the the ice and fire series right there. But so some of these. Now we know where Mort is. He's one of, he's a ruminant animal. Some of these other uh, creatures would do a little better in Winterfell than camels in response to your assertion, Zach, last uh, episode. That you would I be stand driving, by it. You would be riding a camel. Listen, around. every single person on the tweets and on the Facebooks agree with me. Camels, they are more majestic. They uh, can run just as fast. Okay, that they can. And they are they're beautiful. They're and they have big soft lips. So why the hell not? They spit though, don't they? Hell yeah, they do. They got that's that what cud. the genie said in Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they got all that cud. They're trying to get rid of it. So they're like baseball players, right? Basically, <laughs> exactly. They're like, they're like, well, it's there's a rain delay, so what do we do, guys? And he's like, I don't know. See how many peaches a big league chew you can fit in your mouth? And you're like, all right. So Actually, there should camels be camels in. pretty soon outside uh, one of the buildings when I start walking to work. Uh, it gets a little bit colder out, closer to the uh, Christmas spectacular at Radio City Music Hall. They just line the camels up outside. So I'm going to take a picture. Uh, okay. As we get closer, and perhaps uh, it can spur some discussion. Camels. That's our sigil. Our sigil is now a camel. Oh, yes. <laughs> Can I just say really quickly that earlier when Eric said all of those things about <laughs> Eric just put a picture of stomach. What the hell is that? It'll go in the show notes, people. <laughs> uh, uh, when Eric said all those different animals, guys, did it not sound just sort of like we were in a Disney movie for at least one second? It made me feel nice, actually. Yeah, the out of the harshness of Westeros. Yeah, this like is why I watch Once Upon a nice Time. Things. I felt like we yeah, were in the Lion too. King. I felt like at Pride Rock. Of so listen, guys, uh, Game of Bones, you've grown to know and love it. And we've grown into different parts of the book. And on this Friday, this majestic last day of the week, we're talking about chapter 38, if you're looking at the series chronologically like we have been, just Whoa. because it's a little bit easier that way. And you know what? This is one of those things. And personally, uh, my friend Dylan and I, this is our favorite thing ever from the Game of Thrones TV show. And I'm on a Game of Thrones podcast, so you know that means a lot to me. But Tyrion, our favorite man, half one, if you look at it that way, he's in a jail cell, if you want to call it that. We'll call it the skybox, but this time you don't get great seats and you're not paying extra for it. There's nothing cool to look at besides an amazing view. And he's being brutalized by a man that we've all known. And the, the man that we've all grown to love. His name is Mord. Or if we could so practically call him Mord! <laughs> oh. As soon as I read and his name, I, I I wanted to figure out who would win in a in a in a in a fight, Mord or Mork. Robin Williams is Mork. You know Mork and Mindy. Oh I, yes, I want to see those two go at it in like a uh, maybe a celebrity death match, I celebrity fictional character death match. I mean, it's great in the show the the interaction between the two of them. They 
Tyrion is just, uh, I think, at his best in some of these scenes. Mord is at his best. Mord makes Tyrion at his best. Mord actually deserves the Emmy because yes. Tyrion performs so well in these scenes. Mord makes the series, guys. Well, what's what's yeah, exactly. I mean, it really brings out adversity brings out the best in our characters. George R. R. Martin, I mean he I know he has so many characters that some of them are gonna like are bound to like overlap a little bit, but is is Mord just a slightly more eloquent version of Hodor? Like is he like no. Hodor's evil twin? M- Mordor? <laughs> Mordor! Oh my god! Oh shit! Oh god! George R. R. Martin, you, your name is just like J.R.R. Tolkien. Whoa. And your names are just like J.R.R. Tolkien's. That is insane. Wow. You did this on purpose. And Selena, you just uncovered something. You I just uncovered that we they're just kin. did something special. Holy yes. balls of flaming shit. <laughs> balls of flaming shit. Oh my god. Okay, I mean, guys. Between Camels and Mordor, I'm I out right now. We're, yeah, we can quit right now. It's we can just I'm end shaking. this episode. Never gonna I'm get actually shaking this. right now, guys. This is crazy. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Okay. I'm coming down. My orange juice is in a BPA-free bottle. Okay. So listen. <laughs> Mord, short for Mordor, <laughs> is hanging out in this gel cell. And the reason I say this made the series is because I remember when I was watching Thrones, and I really liked it. A lot. A lot, a lot. But when this happened, when No Go happened, I just started to immediately see streams of memes. Um, the whole picture with words thing. I just, I just saw, I mean, I was just like inundated. Like, oh my God, there are so many of these just making fun of like the No Gold thing. Like, this guy is, this is hilarious. Yeah. I, he's definitely comic relief. Tyrion's like, you're a smart man. Like, he's trying to have a conversation with him. He's trying to, like, really lead shit on. And the book just discovers more of that, except Mord's kind of more of an asshole hitting him with that thing. You know what I mean? Tyrion finally is able to get himself out of the cell. Uh, he sends a message with Mord to Lysa Aaron, and uh, he says that he's ready to confess his sins, right? Oh my. <laughs> Well, yeah. Uh, and there's Robert Aaron, guys. Is he? Is it snack time, or is, is he taking? Snack, is he, snack or is he time. taking a break? Uh, I th- I think he's between meals at the moment. Yeah. Oh, okay. But the entire court of the Eerie is there. Um, and then the whole sort of I don't want to say cross examination because it's not even that. It's a very one sided medieval like dictatorship. Like you're guilty no matter what you say. But mm. glad you're here because we were bored. Yeah, I think Robert Aaron like just unfortunately this little kid is very bloodthirsty and once is he the bad man go away and all this stuff to his mom and I, I just I have no respect for that. But these people probably don't get this kind of um, swift justice. It's a good opportunity for. Um, you know, Liza to throw her weight around and her power in, in dealing with this, this captive, with this prisoner, with, with Tyrion. So for that, I guess she is looked up to by her people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she is. I think that she, like, basically she is, you know, John Aaron was obviously the heir and I don't really know why these people are hanging around. I think they just want, you know, she has all her suitors trying to take over from Lisa because they know that the little Robert is probably not going to live to 
be an adult or at least he's he's going to be mad like he's going to be crazy and they're hoping that if they can get in with Lisa and they can make some new babies their family is going to take over the area you know what I mean like I don't think they have any respect for her you almost feel bad for Tyrion in all of this right because yes he's he tries to bargain with Mord he gets out the first time and he goes before this court and he's held up by the guards and you know Catelyn steps in and almost she doesn't almost she does save his life uh, you know reminding her sister that she has Tyrion as her prisoner that it's not Lysa's prisoner to do with what to do with him as she sees fit and you know Tyrion has that moment you know he's a small guy but once the guards release him he he falls down you know he can't really get up and so you feel kind of bad for him um but then he's sent back to those those cells again and it's not until a little bit later in the chapter when he finally does come before the council to confess his sins and he kind of has fun with it. You see it in the show and he, I thought <laughs> Peter Dinklage did a great job. You know, it's pretty much word for word as he talks about all the stuff that he's done throughout his life. That I know that was amazing. Yeah. When I was 10. I stuffed my uncle's boots with goat shit. Exactly. <laughs> I made the bald man cry through the turtles do, which I do believe my sister ate. At least I hope she did. <laughs> it's, no, it's all too good. Like, Literally, like I said, this, the whole Mord, the whole eerie stuff for me, it was too much. It was like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excitable right now because even in the book, and it was great to go, I mean, you said it, Micah, it was literally almost word for word. And it's just awesome when a writer does something so well that a bastard screenwriter isn't like, oh, I want to change it because it's more <laughs> cool for the screen. It's like, this is just so good, George. Can I borrow your hat? And he just writes exactly what he wrote. And yeah. then, you know, then this guy acts it out. Beautiful shit. Yeah, it's a, it's, this is one of the best chapters, I think, of the of the first book. Like, I think that just because it's Tyrion and just because he's epic and just because in some ways you knew in your heart, like, even if you didn't see it coming, you knew in your heart that he was going to get up there and say something almost exactly like this because right. Tyrion is just that consistent and he is just that much of a bad... Like, he never falters. He never disappoints us, you know, as the readers. He's just... He's very lucky to have to to be such a likable guy you know he's relying on the friendship that he's built with bran uh or bron mm. shit sorry i said that wrong he's relying on See, his own i don't fault you for that <laughs> he's he's yeah. relying on his own Fine. fault on his own um was it gonna strengths you know to, to to pull him through in a situation like this because he's very close to being executed um you know by but you know in this place and he only very narrowly squeaks by um, and that's, he's, but he's that's also man. due to his care and his patience and his knowledge of how things work, that he should be entitled to, uh, you know, combat, you know, the, these little loopholes or things that may work into his favor all add up, you know, to the, to, in the end where he escapes, he's able to, uh, save himself. And right. I don't think that he would be in this situation, um, if it weren't for his book smarts, you know, for his knowledge, for his care and attention to, the way things work, as well as his care and attention, his cultivation of relationships. Um, you know, he's found time and time again that they're they're beginning to save his life. It was just a good chapter. <laughs> it was so yeah, it was really really good. It was just yeah. the best writing, and it was it wasn't really filler. Like I feel like some of these really are just we're walking from place to place and we're having conversations, and this is kind of like a payoff to all that walking that they've done. Right. <laughs> and Tyrion just kind of owns this whole particular scene i mean not just the the joking comments that he makes about 
the sins that he's committed over the course of his life, but really his institutional knowledge about the fact that he's allowed to have somebody stand for him and you know that he was going to go and get his brother and have his brother sent up here uh, to the Erie to fight on his behalf. So, you know, the, he really outsmarts them. You know, he one-ups them. Um, you know, he doesn't really know, let's face it, if anybody's going to stand for him and if whoever his champion is is going to do any good. But you know, just the fact that he's able to, to operate with that level of intellect is is pretty cool. Yeah, the fact that he stayed cool-headed. Um, choosing Jamie is obviously the best option because not only does it buy him a month or two for Jamie to actually get there, but he's the best, so he pretty much isn't going to lose. And he was just super, super lucky that he was a good enough person and uh, amiable enough early on to make someone like Braun want to fight for him in the first place. Yeah. And and how about uh, Sir Vardis Egan? He wants no part of this. He's And Lysa just know, calls him out. Him. <laughs> it sucks. It's a, it's, a, it's a call of duty. It is. It's a duty. <laughs> it's one of those things where it, I guess it would have been good not to sit at the back of the classroom and just kind of choose not to raise your hand. It's like a teacher's like, oh, Micah. What did you think about right, it? Right, exactly. And you're like, uh... And meanwhile, uh, you and Selena and Eric all raised your hands like when she yeah. first asked the question. <laughs> it's, it's like Twilight when uh, Edward and Bella are talking in the back of the class, and they're like, he's like, oh, really? Well, Edward, well, what did you think about his whatever? And then he like, he just... He waxes says, a complete answer. Yeah, yeah, he, he just nice, completely... Nice, Twilight like sp- connection for once. He speaks the whole thing out. I'm, I'm thinking less of Zach by the second right now. I'll be okay. No, it's, uh, <laughs> it's the same thing, except this time this guy lost, because for some reason this enigmatic character that we still don't know too much about, um, Braun is a badass. And we really find oh, out yeah. in this chapter. That and he- I have to say, I loved... Like, that was just the... I think that's, like, the thing just both watching the show and reading the books that just one of the moments that gave me the most chills is when Braun just goes, I'll stand for the dwarf or whatever it is he says. Yeah. It's like a, you have my yeah. axe kind of moment. You have my, my axe. Salted pork. my Braun. <laughs> That's actually my That's, own of the week. It's true. It's Braun saying that. No, it's it's a perfect uh, tie-in. So your own of the show is Braun or something Braun <laughs> did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that line that Selena just said, I'll stand for the dwarf. That's my own. Okay. Okay. So I'm your own of the week, really. Yes. So s- your own is Selena, is what you're saying. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> my, well, my own is um is Tyrion's line where he he's talking to Lisa and and, and uh, little Robert and and the, he's she's like, "Don't ever threaten my son again." Blah blah blah. And Tyrion goes, "I make no threats. That was a promise." <laughs> <laughs> Go Tyrion. Mine uh mine is actually not Tyrion. Um, and there's not a whole lot of things that can own Tyrion, but I think that because we're in the Eerie and I'm only going to get one shot at this, I'm going to say the big hole in the floor is, Oh, come on. Yes. Is the best own there. (laughs) There is no, that's like the elephant in the room. Can I just say it's the hole in the floor that's going to make you fall (laughs) to your death. That's that's actually such a good point, Eric, because we had an entire chapter about how badass, like, and how many days it took for them to reach the top of this place. Yeah. But in, in one second, the structural integrity of this entire place is not sound in the, like, in the most important room in the whole place. So that's true. There you go. I'm going to have to say that my own of the show absolutely, obviously, goes to Tyrion Lannister in general, because he is one of the best people that have ever lived, ever. And Fictionally. He is- even in real life, he's just, he has transcended his awesomeness, has pushed him beyond the page. 
and he has become a part of us all. And for that, I thank him incessantly. Uh, his entire monologue when he was, you know, I, I yelled at, I yelled earlier. He was going on and on about all this random shit that he was confessing. It was just really funny because obviously it was all true. But um, I think that either him or Rob Aaron gets the own because at the very end, right before he was interrupted, he said, I once brought a jackass and a honeycomb into a brothel. <laughs> and everyone starts laughing. Lysa interrupts him. And Rob Aaron goes, what happened next? That <laughs> <laughs> was very funny. So they were deciding his fate. He might be getting killed, but he was still entertaining everyone. So uh, my own is also a request for the listening audience for the weekend. I have some homework for you guys. If you could people let us know in 140 characters or less unless you want to get froggy and send it to an email if you have a bigger opinion about something let us know what you think happened next after he brought the jackass on a honeycomb into a brothel <laughs> please do it, it has something to do with bizarre bestiality and like <sighs> sounds like what mike is gonna do to you if you don't give us a five-star review <laughs> yeah right <laughs> There it is. I didn't have to do anything. You really didn't. You've gotten completely out of it this week. Don't give us your five-star reviews. <laughs> oh, God. You know how to submit stuff to us. It's just at Game of Owns on basically everything. Uh, if there's a question about where stuff is, if you head over to the Facebook or the actual website, there's pretty much a link to everything. Yep. Ever. Yep. Well, that just sums it up, doesn't it? That was that was beautifully done, you two. Ass off. That was hilarious. Tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> Mike sounded like he'd just been like hit with an axe handle. He was like, ah, that was it. <laughs> if, if we were a class, man, what would we be? I'd be getting picked last for dodgeball. Recess. <laughs> there it is, you guys. You have it. Game of Bones equals recess. I'm Zach Louie. <laughs> I'm Eric Skull. I'm Mike Atanabelle. And I'm Selena Wilkin. Stay gooey. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> we should have that on a t-shirt.